0: Section One of The Christmas Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Christmas Book by Hezekiah Butterworth. HOW DOT HEARD THE MESSIAH A CHRISTMAS STORY The church was vast and dim. The air was fragrant with pine boughs, and over the golden cross of the chancel hung heavy wreaths of box and fir. A solitary light shone in front of the organ. Little feet were heard on the stairs, leading to the orchestra. A door in the organ case opened quietly, and was about to close, when a voice was heard. Is that you, Dot? Yes, sir. What makes you come so early? It is nearly an hour before the rehearsal begins. The little bellows' room must be a rather lonely place to wait an hour. I always come early, said the boy timidly. So I have noticed. Why? Mother thinks it's best. Come out here and let me talk with you i have sung in the choir nearly a year and have hardly had a glimpse of you yet don't be bashful why all the music would stop if it were not for you dot our grandest christmas anthem would break into confusion if you were to cease to blow come here i have just arrived in the city and have come to the church to wait for the hour of rehearsal i want company come dot the little side door of the organ moved a shadow crept along in the dim light towards the genial-hearted tenor do you like music dot yes sir is that what makes you come so long before the rest no sir what is it then i have a reason mother would not like to have me speak of it do you sing yes at home what do you sing the parts i hear you sing tenor then yes Will you sing for me now yes i will sing hark what mean rossini an adaptation of Caju animam the boy did not understand well said the tenor i beat time now dot a flute-like voice floated out into the empty edifice silvery pure rising and falling through all the melodious measures Of that almost seraphic melody, the tenor leaped to his feet and stood like one entranced. He listened. The voice fell in wavy cadences, heavenly hallelujahs rise. Then it rose clear as a skylark with the soul of inspiration in it. Hear them tell that sacred story, hear them chant. The tenor, with a nervous motion, turned on the gaslight. The boy seemed affrighted and shrank away towards the little door that led to the bellows' room. Boy, sir, there is a fortune in that voice of yours. Thank you, sir. What makes you hide behind that bench? You won't tell, sir? No, I will befriend any boy with a voice like that. The boy approached the singer and stood beside him. He said not a word, but only looked toward his feet. The tenor's eyes followed the boy's. He saw it all, but he only said tenderly, Dot! A chancel door opened. An acolyte came in, bearing a long gas lighter. He touched the chandeliers, and they burst into flame. The cross glimmered upon the wall under the Christmas wreaths. The alabaster font revealed its beautiful decorations of Kala lilies and Smilax. The organ glowed, with its tall pipes and carvings and cherubs the first flash of light in the chancel found dot hidden in his little room with the door fast closed behind him what a strange place it was a dim light fell through the open carvings of the organ case great wooden pipes towered aloft with black mouths like dragons far far above in the arch was a cherub without a body a golden face with purple wings dot had looked at it for hours and wondered he sat looking at it tonight with a sorrowful face there were other footsteps in the church sounds of light happy voices presently the bell tinkled the organist was on his bench dot grasped the great wooden handle it moved up and down up and down and then the tall wooden pipes with the dragon mouths began to thunder around him then the chorus burst into a glorious strain which Dot the year before had heard the organist say was the Midnight Mass of the Middle Ages. Edeste Fidelis, Late Triumphantis, Venite, Venite, in Bethlehem. The great pipes close at hand, cease to thunder. The music seemed to run far away into the distance, low, sweet, and shadowy. There were sympathetic solos and tremulous chords, then the tempest seemed to come back again, and the luminous arch over the organ sent back into the empty church the jubilant chorus Venite adoremos, venite adoremos, venite adoremos, Dominum. After the anthem, there were solos. The tenor sang one of them, and Dot tried to listen to it as he moved the handle up and down. How sweet it sounded to Dot's ears. It came from a friendly heart. Except his mother's, it was the only voice that had ever spoken a word of sympathy or praise to the poor bellows boy. The singers rested, laughed, and talked. Dot listened as usual in his narrow room. I came to the church directly from the train, said the tenor, and amused myself for a time with Dot. A wonderful voice that boy has. Dot said the precentor. Yes. THE BOY THAT BLOWS THE ORGAN. OH, YES, I HAD FORGOTTEN. I SELDOM SEE HIM, SAID THE PRECENTOR. NOW, I THINK OF IT, THE SEXTON TOLD ME SOME WEEKS AGO THAT I MUST GET A NEW ORGAN BOY ANOTHER YEAR. HE SAYS THIS ONE, DOT, YOU CALL HIM, COMES TO THE CHURCH THROUGH BACK alleys AND GOES TO THE BELL'S ROOM AS SOON AS THE CHURCH IS OPEN, AND HIDES THERE UNTIL SERVICE TIME, AND THAT HIS CLOTHES ARE NOT DECENT TO BE SEEN IN A CHURCH ON SUNDAY. Next Sunday begins the year. I must see to the matter. He does his work well? asked the Alto, with a touch of sympathy in her voice. Yes. Would it not be better to get him some new clothes than to dismiss him? she asked. No. Charity is charity, and business is business. Everything must be first class here. We cannot have ragamuffins creeping into the church to do church work. Of course— i should be glad to have the boy supplied with clothes that is another thing but we must have a different person in the bellows box the sexton's son is bright dresses well and i have no doubt will be glad of the place now we will sing the anthem good will to men the choir and chorus arose the organist tinkled the bell and bent down on the pedals and keys there was a ripple of music a succession of short sounds and silence the organist touched the knob at the side of the keyboard and again the bell tinkled his white hands ran over the keys but there issued no sound he moved nervously from the bench and opened the little door dot no answer the boy is sick or faint the tenor stepped into the room and brought out a limp figure are you sick dot yes sir what will become of mother he heard what you said about dismissing him said the alto to the precentor yes but the sexton was right look at his shoes why his toes are sticking through them and this bitter weather said the alto feelingly can you blow dot no sir it is all dark sir i can't see sir i can't but just stand up sir you won't dismiss me sir mother is lame and poor sir paralyzed sir that's what they call it. Can't use but one hand, sir. This ends the rehearsal, said the precentor, in an impatient way. Dot, you needn't come to-morrow, nor till I send for you. Here's a dollar, Dot, charity, Christmas present. One by one, singers went out, the precentor bidding the sexton have a care that Dot was sent home. The alto and the tenor lingered. Dot was recovering. I shall not hear the music to-morrow i do love it so you poor child you shall have your christmas music to-morrow and the best the city affords do you know where our music hall is dot yes lady there is to be an oratorio there to-morrow evening the messiah it is the grandest ever composed and no singing in america is equal to it there is one chorus called the hallelujah chorus it is wonderful the man who composed it thought he had heard the angel singing And saw the Lord of Heaven, when He was at work upon it, and He is to be the first tenor singer, and I am to sing the altos. Wouldn't you like to go, Dot? Yes, lady. Is the man who composed it to be the tenor singer, the one who heard the angels singing, and thought he saw the Lord? No, Dot. He is to be the tenor singer. I, Dot, said the tenor. I have a ticket for the upper gallery, which I will give him, said the alto. A FRIEND OF MINE BOUGHT IT, BUT I GAVE HER A SEAT ON THE FLOOR, AND KEPT THIS FOR, WELL, FOR DOT. THE TENOR TALKED LOW WITH THE LADY. HERE IS A CHRISTMAS PRESENT, DOT. HE HANDED DOT A BILL. AND HERE IS ONE FOR YOUR MOTHER, SAID THE ALTO, GIVING DOT A LITTLE ROLL OF MONEY. DOT WAS BETTER NOW. HE LOOKED BEWILDERED AT HIS NEW FORTUNE. THANK YOU, LADY. THANK YOU, SIR. ARE YOU ABLE? THE ALTO LAUGHED yes dot i am to receive a hundred dollars for singing to-morrow evening i shall try to think of you dot when i am rendering one of the passages perhaps it will give me inspiration i shall see you dot under the statue of apollo the sexton was turning off the lights in the chancel he called dot the church grew dimmer and dimmer and the great organ faded away in the darkness in the vanishing lights the alto and tenor went out of the church LEAVING DOT WITH THE SEXTON It was Sabbath evening, Christmas. Lights glimmered thickly among the snowy trees on the common. Beautiful coaches were rolling through the crowded streets. Dot entered music hall timidly through a long passage through which bright, happy faces were passing, silks rustling, aged people moving sedately and slowly, and into which the crowds on the street seemed surging like a tide faces were too eager with expectation to notice him or his feet at last he passed a sharp angle in the long passage and the great organ under a thousand gas jets burst upon his view an usher at one of the many lower doors looked at his ticket doubtfully second gallery back dot followed the trailing silks up the broad flight of stairs reached the top and asked another usher to show him his seat the young man whom dot addressed had the innate refinement of feeling that marks a true boston gentleman he gave dot a smile as much to say i am glad you could enjoy all this happiness with the rest and said follow me his manner was so kind that dot thought he would like to speak to him again he remembered what the auto had said about the statue of apollo and as the usher gave him back his cheque and pointed to the number on the cheque and the seat Dot said, Will you please tell me, sir, which is the statue of Apollo? The usher glanced at the busts and statues along the wall. He spoke kindly. That is the Apollo Belvedere. Dot thought that a pretty name. It did not convey to his mind any association of the Vatican Palace, but he knew that some beautiful mystery was connected with it. And now Dot gazes in amazement on the scene before him in the blaze of light the great organ rises resplendently sixty feet in height its imposing façade hiding from view its six thousand pipes people are hurrying into the hall flitting to and fro young ladies in black silks and velvets and satins old men where were so many men with white hair ever seen before stately men with thin faces bald teachers college professors tiers of seats in the form of half a pyramid rise at either end of the organ these are filling with the chorus sopranos and altos in black dresses and white shawls tenors and basses and black coats white neckties and kids in front between the great chorus rises a dark statue and around this musicians are gathering players on violins violas violoncellos contrabasses flutes oboes bassoons trumpets trombones horns the pyramidal seats fill hall overflows the doors are full the galleries the instruments tune a dark-haired man steps upon the conductor's stand he raises his baton there is a hush and half a hundred instruments pour forth the symphony dot listens he has never heard such music before he did not know that anything like it was ever heard on earth it grows sweeter and sweeter comfort ye did an angel speak the instruments are sweeter now comfort ye my people did that voice come from the air dot listens and wonders if this is earth comfort ye comfort ye my people saith your god saith your god dot sees a tall man standing alone in front of the musicians is it he that is singing dot gazes upon his face with wide eyes it is he and he is the tenor who had befriended him the night before what music followed when the chorus arose and sang every valley shall be exalted dot hears the grand music sweep on and he feels as all feel that the glorious messiah is about to appear he sees a lady in white satin and flashing jewels step forward he hears a ripple of applause and a voice full of strength and feeling sings o thou that tellest good tidings to zion o thou that tellest good tidings to jerusalem say unto the cities of judah behold your god Dot knows that voice will indeed she lift her eyes to him no she does not she sits down the hall ringing with applause she rises bows but she does not look toward the statue of apollo near which dot is sitting dot hears dreamy music now more enchanting than any before it the great audience do not stir or move a fan or raise a glass it grows more ethereal it seems now but a wavy motion in the air he hears a lady near whisper the pastoral symphony the alto has risen again she stands out from the great chorus what a beautiful figure the dark-haired man lifts his baton the lady turns her face toward the upper gallery her eyes wander for a moment they rest on dot There was no applause now tears stood in the alto's eyes tears stood in the eyes of everyone there was a deep hush and tears and in the silence they alto stood looking steadily at dot there was a rustle in the hall it grew the silence was followed by a commotion that seemed to rock the hall the applause gathered force like a tempest then the beautiful lady looked towards dot and sang again the same wonderful air and all the hall grew still and people's eyes were wet again he shall feed his flock like a shepherd and he shall gather the lambs with his arm with his arm he shall feed his flock like a shepherd and he shall gather the lambs with his arm with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young and gently lead and gently lead those that are with young the hallelujah chorus with its grand fugues was sung the people rising and standing with bowed heads during the majestic outpouring of praise it is ended now faded and gone the great organ stands silent in the dark hall the coaches have rolled away the clocks are striking midnight i have come to congratulate you before retiring said our tenor to the alto as he stepped into the parlor of the revere house tonight has been the triumph of your life nothing so moved the audience as HE SHALL FEED HIS FLOCK LIKE A SHEPHERD. DO YOU KNOW TO WHAT I OWED THE FEELING THAT SO INSPIRED ME IN THAT AIR? NO. IT WAS POOR LITTLE DOT IN THE GALLERY. YOU TEACH MUSIC, DO YOU NOT? YES. YOU WERE ABOUT TO OPEN A SCHOOL. YES. GIVE DOT A PLACE AS OFFICE BOY, errand BOY, SOMETHING. IT WILL LIFT A WEIGHT FROM MY HEART. I HAD THOUGHT OF IT. HE HAS A BEAUTIFUL VOICE. I might get him a place in a choir. Fifteen years have passed. The old Handel and Hayden Society have sung the Messiah fifty, perhaps sixty times. The snows of December are again on the hills. The Grand Oratorio is again rehearsing for the Sabbath evening before Christmas. A new tenor is to sing on the occasion. He was born in Boston, has studied in Milan, and has achieved great triumphs as an interpreter of sacred music in london and berlin the old hall is filled again the symphony has begun its dulcet enchantment the tenor with a face luminous and spiritual arises and with his first notes thrills the audience and holds it as by a spell comfort ye he thought of the time when he first heard those words he thought of the hearts whose kindness had made him a singer where were they their voices had vanished from the choirs of earth, but in spirit those sweet singers seemed hovering around him. COMFORT YE MY PEOPLE He looked, too, toward the Apollo on the wall. He recalled a limp bellows-boy who had sat there sixteen years ago, how those words then comforted him, how he loved to sing them now. SPEAK YE COMFORTABLY TO JERUSALEM, AND CRY UNTO HER THAT HER WARFARE IS ACCOMPLISHED. That her iniquity is pardoned. It was Dot. and of section one. Recording by Greg Giordano. Newport Ritchie, Florida.